Alright everybody, so I've had a lot of people reach out to me, giving me a lot of support for signing the People in Tech podcast, and I want to really first say thank you for supporting me, but this Anchor platform has been amazing and been changing my life, getting me connected with some people in this industry that I never thought I would actually get to not only have conversations with, but learn from. And I know some of you who are tuning in are asking, Caleb, how'd you start a podcast? You know, when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people listen to? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, keep it simple. The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And we Ridiculously easy to use. My very first episode I did for my iPhone 6 Plus. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too. So you can get paid to do your own podcast. Hop on the Anchor platform so we can collaborate and build this community up. You know, one thing I love most about Anchor is that they're constantly being innovative, you know, allowing podcasts to leverage music, get sponsorship, get paid, and ultimately, be the best content creator you can be. So if you've always wanted to start your podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. Again, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Apple keynote presentation. Was it good? Was it bad? Was it horrible? Yes, it was horrible. I'm psyched. Kidding, guys. Check out today's episode. We're going to be talking about the Worldwide Developer Conference. Have you ever Are you listening? You're listening to the People in Tech podcast, a technology show that's made for the people. Join the conversation with your host, Caleb King. All right, day one listeners, welcome back to the show. And today we have a very exciting episode. We're going to be talking about the Apple keynote presentation that just wrapped up in San Jose, California. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge Apple fan. So we're going to be talking about iOS, macOS, watchOS, augmented reality, and everything in between. But please understand, listeners, we keep it unbiased on the show, and we're going to be talking about the highlights as well as some of the letdowns during the presentation. Another episode you don't want to miss. Let's get into it. You should already know when I walk in the door that it ain't no use in fighting on me. You should already know when I walk in the door that it ain't no use in fighting on me. You should already know when I walk in the door. You should already know when I walk in the door. You should already know. 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 You should all. 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 When I walk in the door, that it ain't no use in frontin' on me, frontin' on me. I'm a hustle, I'ma do my thing. You already know what it's gon' be, what it's gon' be. I keep hustling, I keep hustling, I keep hustling, I keep hustling. And if you feel me, put your hands up and come and sing the hustlers anthem with me.
Woo! DJ Side Hustle. My man, thank you, like always, for keeping the podcast hip, urban, and cool. All right, day one listeners, you came to the show today to hear about all things Apple. And you know your boy is all about the Team iPhone, the MacBook Pro, the Watch OS. Those are all products not only do I enjoy using, but they have truly been integrated in my daily routine. Now, I don't have every Apple product. And I'm not here to say Android isn't an ideal platform. Android is a phenomenal platform. I just haven't found a reason yet to make the switch and leave the Apple ecosystem to an Android system where I really feel it's that's gonna make my life better or you know streamline some of my processes. Now, I will be 100% honest with you guys. Some keynote presentations uh, that Apple has during the developer conference, some are phenomenal, groundbreaking, jaw-dropping, breathtaking, but some years, it's just more of a filler year. And I really feel the 2018 WWDC conference was a filler year. Now, what do I mean by filler year? Some years, if you look at Apple in history, now we're several years removed from Steve Jobs, RIP. But some years, they come out with something during this keynote presentation, knowing the next year they're going to not only build upon that, but actually make that the new feature. Now, they gave us some hints. Uh, what's to come in the 2019 keynote conference without actually saying it's coming in 2019. I thought some of that, some of those things are pretty cool. But other announcements that they made during this presentation, in my opinion, was either expected or not really interesting because I feel the competitors have been doing it for so long that it almost seemed Apple was playing catch up. Now, again, if I had to rate this presentation, probably give it 7.1 out of 10. Now, again, not the best one, but not a horrible one. And we're going to go into all details related to the iOS, macOS, watchOS, tvOS, and augmented reality. But you know what? Actually, I had a good question somebody asked me, so I want to address this now. Caleb, what's the whole purpose of this developer conference? And why does it happen when it happens? And why is it this happens now and then we get like the iPhone 11 and 9 in September? Like why does Apple have the strategy? Why do they do it on this calendar? I think that's a very valid question. So my understanding, the developer conference, it's really geared towards developers getting a better understanding of what's to come. It gives them a first-hand look at the new iOS 12. And again, if you're a developer and you have the Apple developer package, you can download iOS 12 beta 1 right now. Now, for everyone else, it's really just a glimpse at the interface refinements for current iPhones, iPads, Macs, Apple Watches, and it gives us an exciting hint of what's to come, what's been theorized in the iPhone 9 and iPhone 11. Now, the reason they have the developer conference, and this is just an educated guess, is you want to have developers get their hands on the technology first because developers will come up with all the 
ideas and solutions. Developers are the ones who are like, hey, with this type of AR kit, we can make Snapchat do ABCD or Instagram do XYZ. Or maybe, hey, there's a whole new app we can use with this new technology they're granted us access to. Now, give developers a few months to build some things between now and the end of summer. Or at least get started on some prototypes. And then around September, right before the holidays, they will drop the hardware stuff. You know, that's where people start saving up. Hey, I want a new iPhone. I want a new MacBook. I want an iPad. I want an Apple Watch. And a lot of those products are great gifts during the holiday season. And I think Apple understands that. And I think that's why they go with their approach they go with. Because they understand people... Yeah, as much as I like to say, oh, I can plan things out in a year, I think combination of, hey, if you release it in September, that gives you two or three months to get it for the holidays. And even if you don't get it during the holidays, you still know going into the next year, that's going to be the next big thing. So I hope that really clears up that confusion, because I do know some people are asking about it. But ultimately, developer conference gives you an idea. September comes around, gives you an idea what to buy. Now, I just want to jump into some of the things that was highlighted during the presentation. And again, like I said, some things, very cool, others expected, and lastly, some was just a letdown. But let's get into it. Caleb, did Apple come out with a better version of Google Duplex? I am afraid I might lose my job at this rate. I don't want to go back to the Windows Vista world I came from. Slow starts. Oh, God. No more slow starts. <laughs> well, Sharon, I don't think you have anything to worry about just yet, as some of those technology take a few months to actually roll out to consumers. But they did start off, and I'm talking about Apple here, they did start off their keynote presentation with one thing that, in my opinion, is always expected. And that is the fact that iOS 12 has a huge performance increase compared to previous versions. Now, they actually, during the presentation, used the iPhone 6S Plus. Now, let me say that one more time. The iPhone 6S Plus. Sorry for all the other iPhones out there. But they did say that if your phone can handle iOS 11, it can surely handle iOS 12. And they used the example on iPhone 6 Plus talking about if you were to start up the keyboard, bring up the keyboard, it's 50% faster in iOS 12. If you were to try to take a camera picture or bring up the camera app, it is 70% faster. So to me, this was a good sign of Apple trying to show that, hey, we are trying to support our quote-unquote older iPhones or legacy products. But here's my personal opinion, day one listeners. I really believe that this was more of Apple being reactive instead of proactive. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, a few months ago, maybe around the holidays times when it got really interesting, they started talking about if you upgraded your iPhone to the latest iOS, that your phone would start slowing down. And now, as a developer, it totally makes sense to me because I understand that... For hardware requirement and software requirements, they're not always going to be a perfect match. But when you have the latest software with the latest hardware, that's when it's its fastest. But as time goes on, that software constantly improves and iterates over time. Now, from a dev standpoint, it makes sense to me that, like, 
why iPhone might possibly get slower as you upgrade the software. But from a consumer standpoint, that is 100% unacceptable. People are paying their hard-earned money to get a phone, and then you're telling them in a year or two that their phone is slower because of upgrades. I, myself, have had to deal with some people who have iPhone 5s till this day. And they get upset when they're like, hey, why do I have to update this app? And why do I have to do this? And I can't even update an app because it says I have to update my iOS. And I sit there and I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, that's just kind of how technology goes. But that's still not an acceptable answer. Like, I really don't know what to tell those people. Now, Apple got a lot of flack and actually got sent to court. And I'm pretty sure there were some lawsuits filed against them. But ultimately... It really hurt their PR. And I think this was, during this keynote presentation, a chance for them to redeem themselves. Really trying to show people like, hey, you know what? If you have an older iPhone, we understand you're not going to get the new iPhone. We want you to get the new iPhone, but we notice we just can't push that on you. So we're letting you know we're going to support previous versions of your iPhone with the latest software. Oh, that is nice to hear. I need a performance increase. Maybe our listeners will go to our Patreon account and help us improve some of our content. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Sharon, for reminding me as I almost forgot. Now, for all our listeners who aren't aware, Patreon is a platform for content creators like myself to not only build a relationship with our supporters, but to reward our supporters who are willing to support our show. If you want to find out more about Patreon, you can find us over at patreon.com slash people underscore n underscore tech. With the funds that we receive from our day one listeners, I 100% promise you it will go all back into the show, making a better, higher quality technology show for our listeners. Like Sharon mentioned, she's looking for a performance update. Uh, Depending on how much we get, you know, we can get editors, we can get videos, you know, we can have a, we can host an event. So again, uh, the whole point of Patreon is to not only encourage content creation, but help content creators as well as build a relationship with our supporters to continuously improve what we like to do. And that is create awesome content for our fans, for our listeners. So again, if you want to find out more about that, patreon.com slash people underscore in underscore tech i'm going to link in the show notes as well all right guys but let's get back to talking about the presentation now during the keynote uh they really dive deep into the ar kit too now for those of you unaware augmented reality uh does have a lot of potential but in my personal opinion it still hasn't found its footing now during this keynote presentation apple wanted to make it very clear that they partnered with some really big companies because they want to make a bigger push in ar uh, during the presentation, they talk about partnering with companies like Pixar, uh, the guitar maker Fender, and of course, Legos. And during the keynote, they actually showed a demo of you and another person using AR being able to stack Legos on top of each other. I thought that was pretty cool. But my biggest takeaway from the whole augmented reality section of the presentation was when they announced the app called Measure. Now, measure is exactly what it sounds like. Using AR, you can pretty much measure things in your house, in your apartment, or anywhere you're trying to figure out if something can fit, or you want to know the dimensions of maybe a computer, or a couch, or maybe a certain piece of furniture, whatever the case is. 
my personal opinion, the reason it's so funny is because that's already, that's been out. There's third-party apps that currently have done this or they had literally made it their business to say, hey, we have augmented reality, we created the Measure app, but we didn't call it Measure. So Apple, it pretty much just come in and saying, hey, we do a little bit better, so we're killing all of those apps. It almost reminds me back in the day where Apple came out with the Flashlight app. I'm sorry, they didn't come out with it. Yeah, see, they, they already had me messed up. Apple came out with their own flashlight where you can just swipe up on the control panel on your iPhone and then turn on a flashlight. But for anybody who knows, that used to be an app. And that was one of the most downloaded apps in the App Store. So it's like RIP to all the augmented reality measuring apps. That's, that's what I thought was pretty funny when they announced that. Now... Something I felt is long overdue. I'm happy they made an announcement, but I'm just still not satisfied. Is when they came out and talked about the photos improvement. Now, several years ago, maybe not even several years ago, but photos used to be called iPhoto. And iPhoto was very, very basic. But then when they announced photos, it was like this whole revamped app. But in my opinion, it wasn't revamped to the point where I'm like, yes, this is my all-in-one photos application. Uh, Photos this year got a little bit smarter with the the enhanced search option called For You. Now the For You tab is there for making suggestions on what you can possibly do with the photos you have saved. Uh, Suggestions can include anything from making a loop live video or think of a GIF or using machine learning to suggest who's in your photos so you can share them. Uh, You know, also using facial recognition of course. Uh, All this it's supposed to give you a smarter photo experience. However, the caveat with it, it does rely on the iCloud photo library. So depending on your iCloud storage plan, you might have to boost your plan. Not the biggest con in the world because they do have some pretty inexpensive storage plans. Uh, I have mine, 200 gigs are like 299 a month. That's not horrible. And it works on across all my Apple devices, so I enjoy that one. But again, photos, to me, it's still a little shy compared to what's out there right now. For me, I actually use Google Photos because one, storage is unlimited and free. Two, they've already had the smart feature in their photos. So the coolest thing about the Google Photos app, and I'm not trying to hate on Apple here, but it's just funny how they made an announcement where I'm like, your competition's had this for a while now, and you haven't even tried to implement this until iPhone 10, borderline iPhone 11. Uh, but on the Google Photos app, uh, for me, for example, I just went on a wedding, took about 50, 60 photos, and I had to share that with my other family members. And the funny thing is, I don't want to sit down and select all the photos I have to share. I just want the phone to figure out, hey, this time, geolocation, that's probably an album, share this album. So, again, I'm happy photos got an update, but still a little bit disappointed because it's long overdue. Let's be real, guys. Now, since I'm kind of on a, you know... The, the things that got me down during the keynote presentation. Let's just keep going into it. Now, you guys all heard about me talk about the Google Duplex presentation. And yes, that was amazing. But what was funny to me during the Apple keynote presentation when they said, hey, Siri got smarter. I was like, well, Siri needs to get a lot smarter to step his game up because right now I ask Siri to do anything and I, I just don't get what I want. I'm actually surprised my phone hasn't gone off by saying Siri twice out loud. But ultimately, what they came out with with Siri is what's called like your shortcut commands. 
Now the idea behind this is you can now add custom commands to Siri. The example they used during the keynote presentation was, hey Siri, I lost my keys. And Siri would tie into the Tile app, for example. <laughs> there Siri goes. Siri finally went off. Okay, searching for Tile example on the App Store. You guys see what I have to deal with on a regular basis? But anyways, what I'm trying to say is, Siri, ultimately during this presentation, you can add shortcut commands and then it will tie into apps to say, oh, I will actually go into the app and go into, let's say, like the, the tracker part of the Tile application. So that's pretty cool because I think what Apple's trying to do, I don't think they're really trying to compete with the Google Assistant and say, hey, our person, our voice, our voice assistant is super, super smart. We're actually looking to figure out what people are using Siri for. So I think this is one of those filler type features where shortcuts right now is okay because the coolest thing I can take away from the shortcuts aspect of the new Siri is, hey, you can say heading home. And Siri, while you're saying heading home, it can say, hey, it's going to text your, your spouse and then it's going to um, change like the thermostat at your home. So it's like, hey, when you come home, I want the house at 75 degrees, but I also want you to let uh, my spouse know I'm on my way home. So like things like that I think are pretty cool, and I think what Apple hopefully is going to do is leverage some of that information to figure out, okay, these are like the top 100 or 1,000 things people do. How can we improve them on that next year? I think Siri is like that girl in college who dropped out to be an Instagram model, but then realized that's not a real career. Huh. Sharon, you throwing some shade at Siri? You jealous over there? <laughs> Alright, now I know day one listeners, you guys are listening to me right now, and you're like, gosh, Caleb, you just hating on the keynote presentation. You talking about what's expected, and you weren't impressed with the performance, photos wasn't that great, Siri got smarter, aka got smarter, but Caleb, like, tell me, like, you liked something, right? There was something during the presentation you really liked, right? Yeah, uh, there were there was a few things, guys. I'm not gonna lie, so I'm just gonna keep it simple. Um, the stocks and news app they got combined, and that's long overdue because anybody who does stock, they don't actually use the Apple stocks app. And the news app is fine, but there's just so many other third-party ones out there. And I think combining the two is probably beneficial for Apple. Uh, the books app got simpler; it dropped the I. Outside of that, it's pretty much the same application I think it's always been. And then voice memos got simpler, which I don't know how you can make that simpler. I guess starting up the app and just doing a voice memo is easier than was before. I've never actually used voice memos. I just write notes down or go into the actual notes application and write notes. But I guess voice memos is cool too. Now, here is something I really did enjoy. But again, a little long overdue. I'm not even going to fret, guys. Let's just go into it. Apple announced they do not disturb group notifications. Now, in my opinion, and we did an episode about smartphone addiction, I think we're all spending a little too much time on our connected devices. Am I right? So Apple, like other big tech companies, they think so too. So they're expanding their do not disturb features, uh, including group notifications. So while you get more options for addressing notifications from the lock screen, you'll also be offered a timer to limit screen time for kids and big kids too, because I like to consider I like to consider myself a kid. Now I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, they came up with the Memoji, 
which I thought was actually a nice shot at Bitmoji. Now, Bitmoji is like the custom sticker that you can have, but what makes Bitmoji so cool is that they just pre-populate them and then you make it look like you, and you can almost have a whole texting conversation with a Bitmoji. A Memoji is pretty much your personalized emoji or personalized emoji. And I thought that was pretty cool. Now, you have to build it yourself and there isn't every hairstyle or every facial feature. But the face technology, like the eye tracking and the ability to like track if you're sticking your tongue out or not, that looked really, really cool. And I'm actually waiting for them to create a Memoji when you take a picture. Like you upload a picture and then they say, this is what your emoji should look like. I'm sorry, your Memoji should look like. I thought that was a really cool feature. Uh, the one that I think really got people to stand up in their seat was the FaceTime group calling. So if you want a three-way call people, you can do it. You want to make a 32-way call on FaceTime? Now you can do it. So group calling is the new and improved FaceTime that will not only allow you to make calls with like multiple people, but it sets it up in like this tile display. So let's say I'm talking, my tile is gonna be the largest and it's gonna be really, you know, brought forth. And then if I'm not talking, if you want me to put it in the background, then you can move other tiles around. Uh, you can use stickers and emojis during a FaceTime conversation. So I thought that was really cool. I think FaceTime, when it first came out with such a cool technology, you know, not necessarily trying to compete with things like Skype or Zoom or any of those, but, you know, just like, hey, if you have an Apple iPhone, you have an Apple product, you can use FaceTime. And now you can do group FaceTime. And I know a lot of people in my family are Apple products, so this would be a cool feature if, you know, have everybody in the family talk while they can all look at each other, you know, having that face-to-face -face, um, connection. I would love to FaceTime with some of our listeners one day. Except I don't have a face, but maybe a chatbot. Huh, maybe one day, Sharon. There's not, you know, there's really uh, no limits to how we can reach our listeners, reach our fans, and make sure we're continuously giving the people what they want. Now, we've been focusing everything primi primarily about iOS, right? Augmented reality, performance, photos, the different apps. But let's uh, transition over to another product, which is WatchOS. Now, earlier this year, the Apple Watch 3 came out, and it came with the focus of LTE, or AKA cellular data, built into the watch, being able to call and text uh, without having a phone nearby. Now, during the presentation, what Apple really wanted to reveal was they have improved some of their applications. So there is better fitness support and better health support. Uh, adding in things like challenges so you can have fitness competition between your pals. Uh, yoga exercises can now be tracked based off heart rate. Uh, hiking can use the heart rate and altitude, um, helping you track those type of metrics. Uh, there's a rolling mile pacemaker for people who are avid runners. So overall, a better fitness pal for you, right? Now, shout out to Apple for doing this one because we know our day one listeners are craving the podcast app to come to the Apple Watch. So now you can listen to your boy and Sharon on your Apple Watch. You just got to go to the People in Tech podcast on the podcast app, but you'll be able to listen to us on your wrist. So there's no excuse, guys. You should be tuning in every week for a new episode. Now, on top of being able to listen to podcasts from your wrist, uh, Apple came out with a pretty much intelligent like Siri 
where right now if you have an Apple Watch, you have to say, hey, Siri, and then Siri comes on, and you have to almost bring your watch to your face like you're a Power Ranger, like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You're like, hello, Zordon. Like, but unfortunately, you have to say, hey, Siri. And now they've implemented some technology where if you just raise up your wrist, it will know to turn on. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, guys, for all the Apple Watch people, for all the Dick Tracy fans out there, I know, you know, I might be dating myself a little bit, but for anybody who knows who Dick Tracy is, he was the man because he had the walkie-talkie. And Apple Watch now has a walkie-talkie. And I think this is interesting because walkie-talkies to me, it always seems like they're so hit or miss. Like, I remember when I must have been 12 or 13 years old, uh, Nextel had the walkie-talkie. And it was like the whole, you know, boost and chirp. And you can just be like, doo-doo. Hey, man, what are you doing? Doo-doo. Nothing. What are you doing? Doo-doo. Can I come over? Doo-doo. Yeah. Like, it was just this cool walkie-talkie vibe. And then all of a sudden, like, Nextel died. Like, I, did, I, I honestly remember thinking to myself, Nextel not going anywhere because of this walkie-talkie feature. And then it went away. So, Apple bringing in a walkie-talkie. I think it would be cool. It would be interesting to see how people actually adopt to it. Now, I'm just going to briefly talk about Apple TV real quick. They came out with a new Dolby surround sound. And that's all you really need to know. There's really no big improvements about the Apple TV, tvOS. It's still pretty much the same. It's still a good layout, so I don't, I didn't really see much out of it. They were just talking about, hey, we can use surround sound better We're using the Dolby Atmos. Google it if you want to know more. I'm not necessarily interested about it. But let's talk about the Mac OS. Now, for those of you who don't know me and people who know me personally, the name Sierra and Hi Sierra, I was just kind of like, really? You guys couldn't think of something better? And I was like, the fact that they had to do two versions of it, and now we are getting Mac OS Mojave. So Mojave is pretty much laying the groundwork. And remember I was talking about filler keynote presentation? This is probably the biggest takeaway from the presentation. This is laying the groundwork for pretty much anything that's a macOS app can be an iOS app or maybe vice versa. The iOS apps can be macOS apps. So that is super exciting. And it's funny because I know when I make that statement, you sit here and you might be like, wait, isn't things in the app store also the same app store for a MacBook? Well, unfortunately, to break, to burst your bubble, no, that's not necessarily the case. If you're a developer, it's a lot easier to build an application for iOS and iPads. I'm sorry, iPhones and iPads than it is for a Mac because you have to use a Mac OS software. Now, yes, it's all using Swift or however you're building your software, but for the most part, you have to build it almost twice. It's not universal where you can write it once and it runs everywhere. So I think Apple laying the groundwork to have uh, iOS app conversions is really something that I think next year going to be a huge deal and i think that's going to separate them from maybe some of the other competitors out there Uh, a few other things these are these are things that i mean i don't know why they made a big announcement about it but now you have dark mode so ultimately you can put your windows in dark mode versus like having a white gray background you can have a dark background they made that sound like they you know invented the moon you know rising while the sun sets like it wasn't really impressive to me, but sure, I think it's going to look cool. Uh, for those of you who have messy desktops, it came out with a feature called Desktop Stacks. 
Again, I don't really use it, and people who do use it, I don't know what you do on your computer. But ultimately, desktop stacks is pretty much like the Windows feature. You can sort your desktop by size, by name, but then you can also stack similar you know, files or file size, and then it just cleans up your desktop for you. Now, the last thing I'm going to mention, because there's a few other things we can go into detail about, but the last thing I'm going to mention is that Safari now has better privacy. And I think the whole deal with privacy is like we've talked about in our Facebook episode, the whole data breach. Now these tech companies are understanding they have to take more initiative to make sure that they're not only protecting our data and their data, but you know, protecting us from you know, ourselves. Because we are so simple to say, yes, I agree to these terms and conditions and not know what we're agreeing to. And I think since they've been called out a few times, not just Apple, but a lot of these tech companies, um, one of the things they did make a big announcement at the keynote presentation was saying we have now doubled down on privacy features in Safari based on Facebook scandal, Europe's newly introduced GDPR requirements. Uh, the social media platform, all that stuff going on in the news. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, again, underwhelming presentation overall, guys. I mean, we didn't really get any big hints for the iPhone 2018. Uh, We're still waiting to get hints about the Mac Pro. Uh, Some people are still asking questions like, what about the MacBooks, the Mac Mini, the MacBook Air? I know this is all hardware, but a lot of people come to this keynote really hoping like hey maybe they'll give us just a hint to know what's coming ahead and I I just felt like they didn't even do that really Uh, they didn't mention anything about iPad Pro 2018 or any of like new software you could use on an iPad Pro now they also again this is just my opinion they might go into September and say hey you know what we didn't want to reveal it during the WWDC we'd rather reveal it where you can actually order the product after the presentation's over. So maybe those things will come, uh, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Ultimately though, if I had to rate this keynote presentation compared to years past, I'd probably give about a 7 out of 10. It wasn't horrible, they did come out with some cool stuff, but again, I think it was a filler year, and I think if you understand that context, you'll probably view this presentation as, that was a year to help us get to where iOS apps are on everything. That was a year where continuity, you know, really took a leap. We just didn't realize it yet. So I'm really hoping that's going to be the case. But, yeah, overall, decent presentation. Could have been better. Some of the announcements they made, I was like, you guys are behind. But Apple, being a recipe company, really trying to highlight, like, look, we are phenomenal at refinement. The days of us creating the latest and greatest thing. I'm not saying they're gone, because I still have fingers crossed that they'll come out with something amazing and really change the whole tech space. But you just have to understand, it's 2018. Again, Steve Jobs is several years removed. Tim Cook is in charge. A lot of people from the original Apple OG team are no longer around. So it's just a different Apple, guys. But overall, those are my thoughts on the presentation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you enjoyed Sharon's you know, feedback on something that you just had to speak up on. But yeah, guys, that's pretty much all I have for you for today. So again, thank you for coming to the People in Tech podcast. Make sure to subscribe, comment, and leave a review. Share with your friends, family, spouses, nephews, nieces, cousins. I'm talking about everybody. 
Go to the Patreon account, support, become a day one supporter as we will have phenomenal awards awards for the first 10 Patreons, the first 10 supporters. Uh, but that's all I got for you guys. I'm out. Peace.